Before we get into it, there's the not inconsiderable matter of the t-shirt competition. Remember, to celebrate the 50th episode, I said to engage with the social media, email the show or leave a review. And some of you did just that. And your names have been entered into the I Don't Know the Podcast supercomputer for a chance to win a beautiful limited edition t-shirt. So, let's press the button and find out who's won. And the winner is Raven Sean from Instagram, otherwise known as Sean Lawler Watson. Congratulations. Now you just have to either email me at I don't know pod at gmail.com or DM through Facebook or Insta or Twitter and tell me your size and your mailing address. So with that highly expensive part of the show dealt with, let's do this. Hello and welcome to I Don't Know the Podcast, episode 52, Vrilon of the Ashtar Command. Ashtar Galactic Command is a mysterious group of entities that a number of people have claimed to be able to channel. Since 1952, a collection of various weirdos and nutjobs have claimed to receive messages from these alien, possibly interdimensional beings. But in 1977, something even stranger happened. The television afternoon news in the south of England was interrupted, and it was Vrilon from the Ashtar Galactic Command with a message for the people of Earth, a warning even. It was the first and last time Vrilon would appear on live TV. Coupled with that is a mysterious encounter on a road deep in the Wessex Triangle around about the same time. Is Vrilon for real? Are we too late to heed his message? Did Joyce Bowles and a tall alien inadvertently invent dogging? I don't know, but listen on to find out what we do know. The year was 1977. Punk rock is sweeping through the UK as the Sex Pistols released Nevermind the Bollocks. Star Wars is breaking all box office records. And in New York, David Berkowitz is arrested as the Summer Sam. But for the residents of Berkshire and Hampshire, something even more amazing happened. Something that would have families choking on their sausage and chips. It sounded frightening, but was in fact a message of love and care. And at roughly the same time, a woman and a man outside Winchester would be the victims of some car trouble that had nothing to do with the shoddy workmanship of British car makers of the 70s. It was something altogether more out of this world. We understand that viewers in some parts of the region are receiving a breakthrough in sound. There could be several different causes of the message. That was when we see what I shall say a cigar-shaped object.
around us now, but on a different, different time scale. Maybe. On Saturday the 26th of November, at around 5pm in 1977, people all over the home counties region were settling in for a weekend dinner and some prime-time British television. Although British TV in 1977 wasn't that great. Most of the TV was just a collection of comedies containing appalling racist stereotypes or game shows where the top prize is with Coffee Maker. But I digress. Before the real entertainment starts, and everyone digs into their Findus crispy pancakes, it's time for the news. On this night, the news was being read by ITN's Andrew Gardner. He's ten minutes in, and then the picture starts to wobble, and there's a fuzzy sound, and then something quite remarkable happens. And this is the real full recording. The Rhodesian nationalist leader, Bishop Abel Muzarewa, has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war, allowing the to take part in negotiations, and being arrested. In Australia, Mr. Kerry Packer's cricketers are still pleased about yesterday's high court decision, which lifts the ban on them playing in test matches. This is the voice of Allah, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years you have seen us as lights in the skies. We speak to you now to service them as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on other worlds around you. This is in order that you may share in great awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. The new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only your rulers are made Pretty amazing, right? But it's a bit garbled, and there's a lot to take in. So far, he's introduced himself as Vrilon, and he's warning us about the future of the planet and the course we must take to avoid disaster. He also says we're entering a new age of great peace, but only if our leaders are made aware of the evil forces that overshadow their judgment. And it continues. Be still now, and or your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution, if you show yourselves worthy to do this. You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. So we have a short time to live in peace and harmony before we can progress. Unfortunately, Vrilon gives us this message uh, 44 years ago. And I don't think anyone's taken note. I do hope we're not too late. Small groups all over the planet are learning this. 
and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept the rejection of the one this one. Many go as wide as this. Then they run out. Here now, the voice of Grimon, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. Be aware also that there are many false habits and guides at present operating on your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil ends, giving you worthless costs in return. Now he's telling us there's a lot of false prophets who are giving fake information and taking all your money. I think he's been listening to this podcast. You must be sensitive to the voice of him. Learn to listen to the voice of him. It's such a really Transmission gets harder and harder to understand as it battles with various cat food commercials, but at the end he says, We here at Ashtar Galactic Command thank you for your attention. We are now leaving the planes of your existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. Which is nice. The mysterious throbbing beat gradually dissipates and fades, and we're left with a Looney Tunes cartoon, which... If I was watching, I'd be very relieved that that wasn't messed about with. But that was the whole transmission. Vrilon came in unannounced, told us to change our ways, well, the people of Berkshire anyway, then gave us a nice compliment and left. And the people at Southern TV could not explain what had happened. We understand that viewers in some parts of the region are receiving a breakthrough in sound. We're sorry about this and we're doing our best to rectify the fault. A breakthrough in sound. That must be a technical TV term, or maybe just bullshit. And later on in the evening, after they'd had time to investigate, they still couldn't explain it. As reported on the later evening news with Andrew Gardner again. Obviously doing a double shift that day. Finally back home, engineers are trying to trace the source of what they call a rogue transmission, which lasted about six minutes during ITN's early evening news bulletin. It affected viewers in the Berkshire and Hampshire areas served by the Hannington transmitter. 
The Hennington transmitter is located just outside Basingstoke in Hampshire, an area of high strangeness indeed, but that has more to do with the locals, really. They heard a voice which cut across what I was reading. The voice said, Earthlings, lay down your arms. This is a message from outer space. Well, he is paraphrasing there, and apparently the viewers at home were not happy about the interruption. Well, thousands of viewers later phoned Salon Television, the police, and ITN here. A spokesman for the Independent Broadcasting Authority said, this is the first incident of its kind in Britain. Winchester police said some people were frightened by the hoax message. They said they sent an officer to calm down one woman. Who the hell calls the police because their TV show was interrupted? And even if you really did think it was aliens, what are the cops going to do about it? Give Rillon a ticket? Put a warrant out on him? Well, I hope nothing's interrupted this bulletin wherever you are this evening. From all of us here, good night. Yes, that's what the closing music for the news used to sound like. And days later, the television authorities were still flummoxed. Independent Radio News at 12, David Geary. The Independent Broadcasting Authority is at a loss to explain the mysterious message that broke into a southern television news broadcast. At a loss, confused, befuddled, um, can't get their head round it. The slow, deep voice proclaimed, in part, all your weapons of evil must be destroyed. You only have a short time to learn to live in peace. The station was immediately besieged by worried telephone callers demanding an explanation. It's a shame he didn't try to do the voice. People would complain about anything on TV back then. We even had a TV show devoted to viewers' complaints called Points of View, where people would actually write their complaints in real letters. People would be so angry at the television, they'd actually take the time to write a letter, go to the post office, buy a stamp, then put that letter in the mail. And they call my generation snowflakes. But, whatever... But as the information officer for the Broadcasting Authority, John Ginnery, says, there could be several different causes of the message. Well, it's Ashtar Command, isn't it? Well, we don't, we don't know for sure that it was a pirate call. We know that there were some voices over saying certain things of which we haven't got an exact record. Uh, we've had a lot of accounts, obviously. A lot of people have been phoning us and, and other people about it. We simply don't know what it was. Um... Broadcasts, of course, are monitored at, a, at an operation centre, but there there was simply a mumble and uh, there was some picture distortion. Uh, we had a lot of reports in, but as I say, we, we simply don't know what it was. Independent Radio News, it's three minutes past twelve. And that was that. And then I guess they went to a commercial break, which is what we're going to do right now with a local information service. The safety and security of the people of Riddlesdown lays in the hands of a brave, dedicated group of volunteers, the Riddlesdown Neighbourhood Watch. Riddlesdown Neighbourhood Watch? Yes. Yes. What's the address? We're on our way. in the back garden, but, um, I'm not sure this is necessary. Come on, boys. 
it is. Um, I only caught about a stray cat. Well, he won't be bothering you again. The sudden TV interruption immediately entered into British Fortean folklore, even being reported on US television news shows. It even became the subject of parody, the best example being the BBC satirical show Not the Nine O'Clock News. Here is Rowan Atkinson, or for anyone not in the UK, Mr Bean. I'm sorry for disturbing your programme. All the crazy stuff will be back in a short while. But I must speak with you urgently. My name is Zack. I come from another planet. It is a very different planet to this one. We have no death, no gravity, and a different shaped gear stick on the mini metro. <laughs> also, we have a different language. The reason I'm able to speak to you is that this small podule simultaneously translates what you're about. Keep it switched on. I have come on an important mission. On an important mission to tire to talk to you about the fact that Chocadadi doesn't want to know. I'm afraid my machine is the machine will work now. My apologies. The earth battery I bought seems to be malfunctioning. There may not be much time. I came here secretly and against the express wishes of the Galactic Council to warn you. To warn you of four courses of action you must take to avoid the imminent destruction of your civilization. Mark them well. Secondly, Anthony Wedgwood carted off to the funny farm at once. Thirdly, Barbican Center within five years. And fourthly, beware the one who calls himself Terry Wogan. He is a Zillon from the planet Tharg and cannot be trusted. All joking aside, the sudden TV alien interruption had been linked with other strange phenomena. Because one of the areas affected was the ancient city of Winchester. Winchester was once the capital of the old kingdom of Wessex and the home of King Alfred the Great. Coincidentally, it was also once the home of me, Camil. But Winchester is one of the points on the Wessex Triangle. The Wessex Triangle is made up by the towns of Wantage, Winchester and Warminster. And as we all know, triangles can be very scary places. The Wessex Triangle is said to be a hotbed of paranormal activity. It was just outside Winchester that the first crop circles were discovered in the 70s. It was also the home of 
Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, two self-confessed crop circle makers. But the Wessex Triangle was also known for UFO activity. And on a night quite close to the time of the sudden TV incident, an English lady, Joyce Bowles, was driving near Winchester with a gentleman friend when something happened that would change her life forever. One November evening last year, Mrs. Bowles and a friend of the family, Mr. Pratt. Pratt is actually a quite a common name in England, unfortunately for some. Were driving out of Winchester when they saw a light in the sky, a light seen by many other people that night. This is where we see the large orange light. That's right, yes, we did. Yes, on their left. On the left here. Yes. This is from a documentary called Out of This World from the late 70s. They're actually driving the route in Mrs. Bowles' car. There are no seatbelts. There's an ashtray in the centre of the dashboard. It was a different time. Then it disappeared, and I am coming up to it now. It appeared again here. But it started harbouring down below the back of these trees in the hedges here. We came on down the road for another quarter of a mile, maybe a bit more. We turned sharp left to come into Chilgum Lane. They're actually near a village called Cheesefoot Head. I have no idea how it got its name. Going down this lane, and uh, we, we were doing about 20 mile an hour, maybe 20, 25 mile an hour. Done about 70 yards down, all of a sudden this car suddenly went crazy. It just leapt off the road to the right, and the engine started to rev. So the car was taken over by something. Or it could be that cars made in Britain during the 70s were really shit. We hit the grass verge, which is a very wide grass verge, about 15 yards wide. And we were heading towards a high edge, so I grabbed the steering wheel as Mrs. Bowles was fighting with it, and suddenly the car straightened itself. We came down the grass verge for about 10 to 15 yards, and we came to a stop. And it was though we hit an invisible barrier, which did it, it gave, because it didn't throw me forward into the seat, but it gave, and then brought us back to our normal stopping position. Like someone stretched a massive sheet of cling film across the road. That was when we see... Well, then the... Sorry, yes. That was when we see, what I shall say, a cigar-shaped object hovering in front of us. It is claimed that on the same night, eight other people reported seeing a cigar-shaped UFO in the Winchester area. But that is according to the Daily Mail, so, well, you know. Inside were three... Figures. Yes, they had it like a cockpit in the, the, the cabin, was in the, the front of the cigar shaped thing uh, and was uh, lit up, but um, not glowingly lit up. It was a very easy light to look at. Sounds like the interior cabin lights of a Toyota RAV4 hybrid. This UFO must be very advanced. It was hovering, it had either steam or vapour coming out like, like gas jets. Then I see one of these figures get out of this thing, this yeah. object, and yeah. it started walking across towards me. Yes, it was. Now, as it was walking across towards me, I heard a whistle. Which I didn't hear. It's like a, a whistling kettle starting to whistle. What could that be? Now, the British do love a cup of tea, but I very much doubt they had a kettle in the car. Now, he had on like a boiler suit, but it was with a polar neck collar. He had a seam down on his right-hand side. 
As he walked across, he came to my window. He put his arm on the roof of my car and looked in. Well, I hope this isn't some sort of intergalactic dogging scenario. Now, he was a tall man, roughly six foot one, six foot two. He had pink eyes, which were very piercing. He had sideboards and a beard, which met. For non-UK listeners, sideboards are what some people call sideburns. It's strange because facial hair is very rare in UFO reports. He looked in at me, then he looked at Ted. After looking at Ted, he looked at my dashboard. And as he was looking at the dashboard, my car engine started up. Now the car ignition keys was turned off. And as the engine started up of my car, my lights were, my headlights were four times powerful than what they normally are. Which, which was, it was just like a glow of white. A tall figure with piercing eyes and a beard gets a woman's engine revving. I think I've seen this somewhere before. I see a movement of this figure. Oh, by the way, I grabbed Ted. And I said, no, Ted, don't get out, don't get out, because he wanted to get out. And I just literally wrapped my body round Ted. Nice one, Ted. And then I opened one eye, because I'd had my eyes shut. And I opened one eye and I said, look out, Ted, he's going round the back to you. I see a movement, thinking he was going round the right, all the way round my car. Ted looked over his left hand shoulder to have a look around to see if he was coming round. And my words were, don't open the door, Ted, don't open the door. But while Ted was looking round and me huddled to him with my eyes closed, the figure disappeared with the object. That's it. After starting, after it'd gone, after a few seconds, which seemed hours to us, I started, Ted said, well, let's go. Oh, he asked me if he could drive. And I said, not likely. It only meant because it meant me getting out of my car. Not likely, Ted. You've had your fun for the night. I put it in first and started off, but we could not move. It was as though as we were still hitting an invisible barrier. Well, I put her back in neutral and waited for a few seconds, and then I started off again. And we went off perfectly normal in the car. On the Monday, when I got up, I had a rash on my face, down my neck, and on, along onto my shoulder. Which side? On the right-hand side. It was all, like, blotchy. Did she catch something when she molested Ted? It could have been a nerve, nerve rash, or it could have been where that gentleman was stood by my window. Incidentally, since this happening, I have had a telephone call from a person from London. From that London? London's only 60 miles from Winchester. Telling me on no account am I to say anything to anyone about this, what we've seen, because I should be having a government official come round to see me. And after all, this is England, and this is a free country, and I will speak and say what I want, which is the truth. You tell him, Joyce. And tell him she did. And for some balance, the documentary brings in an expert for his views on the occurrence. An expert in what? I don't really know, but he talks like an expert. I think that there can probably, uh, there will likely be other realities. Where? Here. Around us now, yes. on a different different time scale, you mean? Time, space, framework, anything, other dimensions, you would like. We don't have a vocabulary for it, so it really isn't worth talking about it. Surrounding us now in this room. Yes, I might be sticking my finger through many worlds. I do this. Ooh, 
I wish you'd phrased that differently. Eastern religions have always said that this is so. So that um, I do not think that we see the whole of reality. I think we have a very limited view of reality. And this is the big problem for man, really, in exploring this thing and following up to know where they come from. And at this point, the expert veers completely off topic and starts looking through ancient scripts and stuff. But at least he's not sticking his fingers where they don't belong anymore. And that was it. Was Joyce and Mr. Pratt's alien encounter anything to do with Rilon? We may never know. Episode 52 Rilon of the Ashtar The Epilogue So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that British people get really pissed off if someone messes with their telly. Well, thousands of viewers later phoned Salon Television, the police and ITN here. We learnt that Vrilon had a warning for us, and that was 40 years ago. All your weapons of evil must be destroyed. You only have a short time to learn to live in peace. And we learnt that we might have to be a bit more careful about what we're doing with our fingers. Surrounding us now in this room. Yes. I might be sticking my finger through many worlds. TV stations have been interrupted since, the most famous one being Max Headroom in the US. But that was obviously a prank used to advertise his new TV show. With Rillon, he plays it completely straight. There's no swearing or vulgarity. There's no punchline. And the fact that he interrupted a news show sort of lends it some more seriousness. And the message was one of love and concern for the planet. Once the brouhaha had settled, TV executives were really concerned that unknown persons had managed to hijack the broadcast. There was an investigation by the Independent Broadcasting Authority, but no results have been published. Vrilon hasn't contacted us since, unless you count the numerous weirdos who claim to channel Ashtar messages with their bizarre, happy, squeaky voices, spouting bollocks about reaching higher levels of vibration and a meaningless other bullshit. Even after 40 years, it remains unexplained. Or is it? In May of this year, someone in the Fortean Times forum spotted something on the Twitter feed Fesshole. Fesshole is a feed where people can anonymously confess to things from their past. And this one particular post reads as follows. I'm a now retired senior television technician. At tea time, Saturday 26th November 1977, aliens from the Ashtar Galactic Command took control of the audio of the TV broadcast in Hampshire. Sorry, ufologists, but that was actually me and some mates pissing about. We never got caught. But anyone could say that, right? If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know.